Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. Okay, so I am sitting here with one of my newest friends that we got to actually speak at an event together not too long ago. And she, her name is Anidra Eatman, and she's a leader. She's a vice president. She's an author. She's an entrepreneur. And I love the fact that you got a master's of science degree in management, which I want to hear (laughs) a little bit about that. Uh, But she also is the founder and owner of Nidra E Consulting Services, where she provides consulting for small businesses in the areas of administrative and human resources. She's the chair and executive board committee member for Mel Trotter Ministries, and she actively serves on the board of directors for the human resources groups of West Michigan and volunteers as a team member for Global Women Who Lead. And this is an organization that I got to meet with you and speak with. And that was really a lot of fun. And she's won a lot of awards. She's the co-author of The Day She Left Survivor's Diary, Stories of Transforming Trauma into Triumph. And her chapter, Better Not Bitter, speaks to how she views life's tests and how to conquer them. And offline, she was on a roll because we were we were talking about something. <laughs> so I already know what I'm going to call this podcast because of what her and I talked about, which I cannot wait for you to hear about. And uh, it's something that she's working on right now for 25 to 30 year olds. Um, and that is to be curated. And yes. I just looked up the word curated. So the podcast is called Be Curated. It means carefully chosen and thoughtfully organized or presented. And I just thought, what a great God, God word. First of all, yes. Anidra, talk a yes. little bit more about that because we were just on a roll and I said, hold, hold on a second. We've got to <laughs> record. <laughs> love, I love, thank you so much first and foremost for having me. I think I'm gonna have to take the glasses off because they're steaming up because of my body <laughs> temperature right now. <laughs> so we just keep those off and that's all good. But thank you so much for having me, Tina. Uh, thank you for this opportunity just to talk and speak to just who Anidra even is and what God is doing in my life over these past few years. And I don't even know where he's taking me uh, fully, but I'm excited for what that looks like. And when you and I just, I, I, as you know, I just flow, right? When you give me something, I'm going to flow and I'm going to uh, go with what God is telling me. But this curate <clears throat> and where the father has been leading me with it, And it dropped in my spirit. I was literally just talking to one of my cousins and she was just sharing some information. And as I'm sitting here and listening to her, I'm like, hmm, okay. And then my goddaughter, same age range, 25 to 30, um, sharing some things with me. I'm like, hmm, okay. And so as they were sharing things with me, all I could hear is is the, the, the space curating a space, curating an environment, a posture of curation, and really understanding what that looks like and how do we get into a place of understanding where we need to go and how we need to do it. We have gotten, I believe that we as, and I say we as kingdom citizens, as believers in Christ, we sometimes get off track with that one-on-one relationship building. Um, I think we sometimes think ministry and Bishop T.D. Jake says it so well, that ministry, it 
takes on many forms. It's not just one space and area. And we get caught up in that word and think, oh, it got it has to be a church or it has to be defined this way. And I just felt like that's not what that's not what I'm hearing. Lord, what are you calling this? Why, why, why this space? And it's because this this age group, they need that one-on-one time. I needed it. When I was that age, I, I needed it. So I can I can only imagine with all of the crazy COVID, you know, different things, um, so much violence and shootings and national things that have been happening to us. How can, if I needed it, how can I not think that they needed it? So when the Holy Spirit dropped that in my spirit, literally to curate and these women I'm connected to, I was like, oh, okay. This is what this is about. This is why you told me to pause and hold on this particular project because ministry is about discipleship. And yeah. being a disciple, you you got to go where he is leading you to go. And so that's that's where Curate just came from. Is it was an, I heard a need. And are we supposed to be like a, a solution provider when we hear that? Like, okay, how can I help solve this problem? Yeah, I... Well, first of all, you just hit the nail on the head. And it's so true because my um, niece and I saw that need too, this one-on-one -on -one discipleship. And and you are, it's amazing how much our lives have aligned because when I was in my early 20s, I had joined this brand new church and what they did, which I thought was brilliant. And they had this discipleship program where when you were a brand new Christian, they would um, mm -hmm. assign somebody to you. And this woman, I, I still swear to this day, she must've been an angel and not a real person because I can't find her. And, oh, but wow. she changed my life. She would meet with me in like at the college, yeah. wherever my domain was, she would meet with me one-on-one -on -one and, but she just took that time every single week to spend yes. time with me, answer my questions questions that I had. And so it, it came full circle for me with my niece of doing the same thing wow. with her. Thank God for Zoom because she lives in Chicago. I live in Michigan. And how cool is that? And to be able to, yes. you know, family to be able to disciple yes. family like that's unheard of. Right. And yes. that's a God thing. And can you talk a little bit more? Because I love that you said you have to be in a posture of oh. curation talk a little bit about more about that because I think to be curated we've got to get postured first and so uh -huh. talk about that for you what that looks like and, and what advice do you give to people listening today I honestly feel like we sometimes move let me stop saying we I'm gonna focus on Anitra because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anybody to think I'm judging I can right. sometimes move at a way and at a pace where I am not being led by the Holy Spirit. I'm being led in my flesh. I'm making fleshly decisions. Yeah. I am truly operating in what I know versus what is he really zoning me in on to do. And so prior to us going live, we talked about a podcast, right? And I shared with you that I was working on this She Speaks podcast. And literally, God was like, that's not the direction. And, and I mean, to each their own, you can move without that. But to me, the moment that you move and you don't get in a posture of truly listening to where he's leading you, you can miss so many opportunities, yeah. connections, yeah. relationships, and those are divine. Yeah. 
When you are in a posture of obedience and listening to the father and his leading, that's a divine, that's a tuning, a fine tuning that you cannot really, um, I think about when you go get your car tuned up and they give you this full, you know, okay, we're going to change this, change this, your oil change and everything. There's something about that fine tuning, right? And so when you get in a, pos a, a position and a posture to listen and then allow him to lead you, there are things that happen when you're obedient to that versus when you just move according to your own flesh. And so I tell people all the time, I sit on things. There's so many things that have been curated on this whiteboard that have sat. She Speaks was a, a two years ago that downloaded in my spirit and I still have not been released to move forward. There's a reason. And so instead of me questioning it, it's like, okay, it's just not time. Let it incubate. Let it bake. Or maybe this isn't the season for it. Maybe this isn't the direction you're calling me to go into. I can't question it. I just have to trust it. So that posture of listening and obeying, two things, listen first and then obey and allow him to give you true direction on when to move forward with it. It's not to say it never will happen. It's just, and I, and I, I feel like it's just a not right now, right? It's not a no. It's just a not right now. And, and there, the reason may not be known right there. It may come later. And then you'll be like, oh, so for me, it came later. Oh, you didn't want me to focus on She Speaks because that's commitment. Podcasting is commitment, you know, formatting, editing, all of these other things. Whereas where he was leading me with this one-on-one -on -one time to curate with this age, this generation, this group, this is, this is time too, but this is discipleship. Because his desire is that all say all souls be saved, not one be lost. So he needs me to disciple, pour into. I gave I, I gave you, gave it to you. I need mm. you to give it back in a different capacity. So my posture was ready. My posture was willing to sit a nidra down in the way a nidra likes to move to listen to the Holy Spirit and the Father and leading her. And when I did that, everything flowed. Everything, the mm -hmm. outline, everything came to me. I'm like, oh, this wasn't even, okay. Because it was right there. And he gave me the tools, the resources that I needed. And then when I just, I, I, I teed it up with the, one of the young ladies, she just got overwhelmed. She was like, I, I need this. I so need this right now. Her, her eyes filled up. I said, we're going to take it it's one week at a time. Each, each, uh, each, um, cause I have focus points, right? So each focus point, purpose, um, empowerment, things of that nature. And so she just got so filled because I didn't even have to tell, when I told her it aligned exactly with what she was need, in need of. But the beautiful thing about it was that it's one-on-one. I don't have to feel embarrassed about asking a question that may not sound smart. You know, it's also talking, we're going to talk about the Bible and scriptures. I'm pulling scriptures in there. Not everybody knows how to quote a scripture. Not everybody knows the Bible off the top of their head, right? So how do you embed that into people who are still looking for purpose and, and desiring to have more, but also want to learn that, that word? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's twofold. I, I love I'm excited. that so much because, you know, so every year I pick a word for the year and it's amazing uh -huh. because my word this year is breakthrough, which I feel like God is already like 
starting to like unfold that for me, which the yes. year's almost over. And I'm just like, yes. waiting, God, just waiting. And then he <laughs> gave me a word already for 2024. And that is obedient. So the fact that you oh, just talked about that, yeah. I'm just like, hello, we're so aligned, which is so crazy. Oh, yeah. And you know, how do you, um, here's the question I want to ask you, because I, I was talking about, um, so be curated first, you have to get into a posture, I think you have to be discipled. I think you also has to have to disciple others, uh-huh. others. And I do believe yes. alignment as well too. So I heard that word and then flow is the next word that I saw flow will happen. So how do you, um, how do you decipher the difference? Like, oh, I'm procrastinating about this situation versus, mm-hmm. you know, God's not called <clears throat> to that yet. And I think you hit the nail on the head with, you know, listening to his voice. Cause one of the books that I've been trying to work on is my uh, fifth book, which is called be married. And okay. it was interesting because I was flowing for like uh-huh. quite a while through it. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, I stopped. And I was like, try- I was like shaming myself saying, Oh, I'm just not being you know, um, obedient. Mm. I'm just not being, I'm procrastinating, like whatever. And then God spoke to me and said, no, I'm going to have you, you're going to start flowing after you go through this marriage retreat, which is this weekend coming up, which is amazing. And I was just like, okay, because he's going to be like pouring into me, discipling me this weekend, which I'm super excited about. I'm just, I'm ready for this (laughs) and coming up, but how do you personally, and what advice do you give people to know? Like, am I just being lazy, procrastinating, distracted versus this is God's like, hold on, just wait. I think to your point, it's a pause. It's literally a pause, right? When we, when we think about that word and we step back and we pause and we take a moment and you're like, Hmm, what is, what are you, and and it always happens to your, to exactly what you said. I I was literally thinking about all these things. I'm, you know, I was single and this whole single life living, which I feel like the single uh, the single life uh, pool is it has diarrhea in it. It's not a pee pee pool anymore, unfortunately. It's at a whole different rate because mm-hmm. people aren't putting them true their true selves out there. So I literally was like, okay, in June I'm gonna go this 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 and do these things. And then after I come back from the Woman Evolve conference, if I still haven't met somebody, I'm gonna go on the dating app. Mind you, that's not what my desire was. I did not want to go on the dating apps. Tina, when I tell you, I was like, this is not what I want to do. But I was like, well, maybe, you know, I need to keep myself open, so on and so forth. But my spirit was just like, I I didn't want to do it. My point to that was I had to pause. And when I paused, the last thing I did is I joined this group that I was recommended from Facebook because I was in these other single groups and it was the Black Single Professionals. I posted my picture and I said, boom, posted my picture after after uh, September, if I haven't met anybody, then I'll go to the dating app. But for the rest of the summer, I'm just going to enjoy living. I'm not going to focus on dating. I'm going to enjoy my kids. I'm going to enjoy just living. But I paused. It wasn't until that pause where I met my friend. We started just talking casually, um, created a friendship to now I'm in a whole relationship. But I had to pause before I even recognized that Anidra, everything doesn't have to be super spiritual deep. 
Yeah. Sometimes it's just a pause before you make that next step. And then when I do get that pause, Tina, usually it's like, Lord, what are you trying to get my attention on? Because yeah. you paused me for a reason. So what do you want me to, what do you want me to hear? What do you, and I literally will look around, especially in my office, when I'm in my office or if I'm in the shower, that, those are my like spaces. I look around like, mm, okay, because I thought we were tracking this way, but you, you keep sending different, the, the women that kept coming to me. I knew that there was a reason. So when I had to pause, I was like, oh, you don't want me to focus on that podcast for a reason, because that's going to really give my time and energy and a capacity where I wouldn't have space for these mm -hmm. women. And this is the fourth woman that you sent me. Okay. What are you trying to get me to do? And that's when, when I pulled back, it flowed. And to your point, you're pausing regarding that marriage ministry because there's something that you have to get from it. There's yeah. something that's getting ready to be like so manifested in your whole entire being, Tina, that when you come out that flow, you probably gonna rewrite some things. Yep. Oh yeah. I already know because I was, I was getting <laughs> stuck in part of mm -hmm. my writing and thinking, okay, this doesn't seem to be flowing like I wanted to, which I think that's yeah. a great word flow. There is power in the pause. And I think this is so amazing that you're talking about what are you wanting me to hear? It's interesting because I've been uh, leading these Bible studies on Mondays. And, um, and one of the questions that we were asked today uh, says, how can you better steward your time, prayer, talents, and resources? And Ooh. so that just hit so hard on all of us. And it's amazing because I just lit, uh, listened to this message on the power of fasting. And so oh, fasting yes. and prayer. And I think um, for me, especially, like I haven't put a lot of, of um, uh uh, notoriety on fasting over the mm -hmm, years, mm -hmm. a little bit here and there, but I didn't hear it the way I needed to hear it from this pastor today, okay. which is interesting that I've been listening to it, but because he keeps asking me, like, um, he keeps asking me to steward my time better. And mm. so, because these distractions have been popping up. And so uh -huh. I've been, I've been in this pause state as well too. And now I know why after talking to you through this process. So how do you, um, like what advice do you personally give of stewarding your time, prayer, talents, and resources? Like what is your process for that? How do you curate yourself that stewarding? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Cause we do, <laughs> we have to be a good steward. It's it just keep fogging up. No glasses. I, I try. Um, <clears throat> it, it's the body temperature, but we have to be good stewards of not just, and I think, I think that scripture, when yeah. it says to be good stewards, we think of it from a financial standpoint, which of course right. most people would, because in that time and in that text, I want to say that that's what it's focused on, but I believe it's all of our resources. We have to be a good steward of all of our resources, our time, our finances, um, our talents, all of those things. And what I would say in, in my own personal space and how I do it, and it's, it's it's not funny. I'm, I'm going to keep it so 100. Um, even before I pay my bills, before I do anything, I, I put it before I said, Lord, and it's literally, I have a statement in my little bill book, um, help me to always be a good steward of my wow. resources. 
Okay. Before I pay, before I write a check to consumers, to DTE, before anybody gets anything, I say it and it it started to become, I thought, well, oh, why was I, you know, why am I doing this? And it's not so much of trying to be a rich or anything. It was really so much for me to take a moment that every penny, dollar, minute, hour matters to him. It matters to him. And so when I am being intentional with where my dollars go, then I've been intentional where my time goes. I've been intentional where my connections are. And so I am trying to really make sure that I am not just willy nilly and all over the place. I want to make sure that where he is leading me and where he has me, when I show up, I'm showing up as a hundred percent Anidra. I had a pastor that would say, when you put your yes out front, you put your commitment out front. And so I, when I put my yes out front, I'm fully committed to that, right? I'm fully committed to the process, the time, whatever may come with that. And I have to be mindful of that. So everybody is in it. And and it's interesting because I came up with my acronym for prayer because I realized during my book journey that this is what was happening. My my acronym for pray, pray is process, rediscover, access, and your why. And I started to realize that that's really how I navigate my life. I look at the process. What is the process? What are you looking for me to go through? How do I evaluate this from this perspective? What am I supposed to rediscover, right? Mm -hmm. What do you need me to rediscover during this process? Who needs to have access to me? Because not everybody should. And in the same way you go into a a work building and you know, there's certain places in that building you can get access to and there's certain places that you simply do not get access to right and sometimes when you're no longer an employee what happens your whole entire access gets shut down so who needs to have access to me and then my why what is your why anidra why are you showing up why what is your purpose what are you here for why do you enjoy being or some uh, or um, ministering or um, supporting others and and being that type of person so I really discovered even when I was writing the book um, being a co-author of that book that it was part of a true divine process and then I kept saying but I you know I'm praying about it I'm asking God to show me and he was like but every time Every time you come to me, I give you direction. But when you do it on your own, mm, forget good, luck. good luck. Good luck. Good <laughs> luck. Like when you do it on your own, girl, yep. you be all over the place. Do you know, Tina, my, my, I be tired. I'm more wore down. Um, my energy level. But it's like as soon as I submit, mm. I submit myself to him. When my posture gets into a posture of submission, this energy level, I don't even know where, like right now, I've been blowing my nose all up until 9.30. I have yet to have to blow my nose. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Just God's because just taking over. Yep. He's just taking, he's taking over. over. He's yep. just taking over because it's bigger than Anidra. But when I submit it to him, when I submit mm-hmm. myself to him, when I submit my time, when I submit my my resources, that matters. That matters. And we yeah. cannot take that for lightly or for granted no. or think that, oh, my, you know, it's just, it's a bigger picture. It's it a matters. Picture. 
This is so, so, so good. There's so many extractions I have from this because the study that we're just finishing up is John Bevere's book. It's called Driven by Eternity. And in the book, like one of my biggest takeaways was um, the fact that how would you live for this next 24 hours if you knew it could affect the next a thousand years? Oh my gosh. And I thought, okay. And so when you said that every minute matters, because it does, and you know, which kind of took me back to something you were saying, because one of the sayings that I've been saying um, a lot lately is let your yes be yes and your no be no. Come on. And it's like, wow. Okay. So you hit the nail on the head of let your yes be yes and your no be no. And I love the fact that when you put your yes out, you have to, you're fully committed. And yes. so talk to that person that says yes, but they're not fully committed. Cause one of the uh, things that I keep talking to um, leaders about in my companies and then uh-huh. uh, companies mm-hmm. that I coach is consistency, you know? And so mm-hmm. <laughs> that consistency <laughs> is about commitment, right? It is. It's about it is. Commitment. And so talk to that person right now, because maybe they said yes, but they should have said no, because the consistency is not happening there yeah let me talk to that person um that says that said yes and 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 it hit me so good I love um and that came from Pastor Jamon um Glenn who was um one of my pastors um many years ago well a couple years ago and he he taught that to us he ingrained that in us when you put your when you put your yes you put your yes out front and um i and and it just hit me like that's a commitment level don't say yes to something that you cannot fully commit to from from point a to point b or or whatever to point z but to that person that's struggling with that yes it's okay to pull it back now that you've made an assessment and realize that you can't the key is to be honest about it, right? So if we talk about it from a leadership standpoint, we, okay, you recognize now that you should have said no. So now be upfront with that person and say, you know what? While I thought I could have given you 100% commitment, I apologize for putting my yes out front and not really making a healthy assessment of what other commitments I had coming down the pipeline and that this just wasn't something that I could commit to. I apologize. I totally own that. So can I step back, support you from the back end or support you behind the scenes, you know, or I need to remove myself completely and then maybe another opportunity or this will come back later. But when we take ownership, right? Yeah. And I say this as a leader, accountability is so key. (laughs) Accountability is so key in so many aspects of our lives, right? We think it's just in one area. Own it. Be hold yourself accountable for your actions and and then actually apologize to the person or the people that you've either wronged or you've disappointed or whatever the case may be. Because guess what? It's going to come back full circle. And one day you're going to be in a position where you'll have that person coming to you doing the very same thing that you've done to somebody else regarding ownership. And you'll be like, wow, I'm glad that I've understood what owning and being accountable for my actions look like. And that's key. So I would say to that person, don't beat yourself up for not understanding what you didn't understand. You didn't know. You didn't, you didn't assess your, you didn't assess your capacity. You didn't take a look at it and say, you know what? I really don't have capacity and don't apologize for saying no. 
No is a sentence, not a word. <laughs> I don't apologize. I love that so much, which kind of goes back to being a great a steward of your time. And one of the, you know, fun little activities that I'll do with myself and with my team leaders, mm-hmm. Anadra is, okay, go ahead and fill out your scheduled or uh, your scheduled hours versus your actual. So this is mm-hmm. what you scheduled for the day. Cause I can kind of tell a lot about a person that doesn't like follow their scheduled very well. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, you're not being efficient with your time. You're probably just talking too much or whatever. You're getting distracted. Maybe it's social media. Who knows? Yeah. Right. And so you hit the nail on the head with this accountability piece, which I want to, I want to stay on that. Cause I think to be curated, you also have to be accountable and you have to hold people accountable accountable. And one of the quotes that I just put on my dream board is actually support without enti- accountability can lead to enablement, enablement, Ooh, <laughs> support without good, accountability. Tina. And so I think this is the problem that I've had as a leader <clears throat> over the year that, that God's been kind of showing me is, you know, I will say, how can I support you? Mm-hmm. But I'm not do, uh, putting that piece in of the accountability piece. And so what does accountability look like for you? How would you like me to help hold you accountable to this commitment that you yes. said yes to? Yes. Right. And so yes. can you talk a little bit more about that, like advice that you would give to leaders, especially in the fact that you, um, that's what you do for a living, oh, right? So just holding people accountable <clears throat> and through HR and people development. Yes. So accountability is something that we thrive in our culture and my organization. And, you know, I shouldn't have to, I I say all the time, we're adults, right? We're adults. Let's act like (laughs) adults. Let's be adults. Let's, let's not have to tell on each other, right? Let's speak up and say, you know what? I actually did hurt somebody feelings or uh, whatever the case may be, or I dropped the ball regarding this project, or I didn't do a good job of following through regarding this. I think as leaders, when we actually show up, especially being um, those of us who are in VP or chief level roles, if we don't show that vulnerability, and if we don't show that we're human, how do we expect our team members to follow suit? Yeah. How do we expect them to actually want to hold them own selves accountable or even hold yourself accountable to the culture you created as an organization if you're not doing it yourself, right? And so I think that we have to do a better job when I tell my leaders is that get in front of it. Don't wait for somebody to come tell on you. Put yourself in front of it. It, it, it shows so much more um, um, alignment with the organization, especially you have a culture of openness. Um, when we say open door policies, how open door are you really? I, I would question that if you don't allow your team members to come through the door and say, I dropped the ball on this, uh, this project. I knew the due date was X, Y, and Z. And because I had this going on, well, why did you wait till it got to this you know, extremity before you came to me. I think that building that relationship with that team member and your employees or just your team overall is so, it helps create the vulnerability to hold themselves accountable. Because when you think about that word accountability, it is a vulnerable point because you're either owning that you dropped the ball somewhere, right? Nine times out of 10. And so to tell somebody that I messed up or I made a mistake, that takes a lot of courage. That takes a lot of courage to do that. And so I would tell leaders all the time, 
show them by being the example. If you don't own your stuff and you're always right and everything is always perfect in your world, how do you expect them to show up and do the same? They're not going to. They're not going to feel safe to do that. So that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. think that goes back to, you know, is your team being honest and, and you hit something. Um, and if they're not, why not like look in the mirror? It's because of you as the leader. Right. So um, right? I love that you said we're adults. We shouldn't have to tell on each other. Let's talk about that. Cause this happens all day, every day in my companies and I'm sure <laughs> every company in the whole world, um, how, as a leader, you know, how do you curate that company, so to uh, speak, you know, curate yourself, be curated, um, curate the company's culture to train this accountability? Because I've always said the greatest companies are where everyone holds each other accountable, regardless of their position. How mm -hmm. do you curate that into your culture? What advice do you give leaders? I give advice, I would say from a space of... <laughs> <laughs> The moment that it happens, what is your response when it does? I literally had it happen where a team member um, said something to another team member, um, calling them a name that offended them. And in that situation, the person realized that they, it offended them. And in that moment, corrected themselves, apologized, and then even later, continued, uh, sent another, like an email to say, hey, I apologize, um, and, and just gave a full, full outline. And their level of management was at a manager level, and the person that they offended was a VP level. Unfortunately, um, that VP did not receive it well. And it was, and I say unfortunate because to me, in that moment, especially when we're, we're a company, a culture of, we well, we're curating our culture culture of, hey, we be accountable, hold yourself accountable, hold yourself accountable um, in, in making sure that you recognize what you do. And if it's something to offend somebody, then you own it. And that person did. But that VP, unfortunately, didn't receive it. That hurt that other team member because I'm literally putting myself out there and I'm saying to you, I apologize. I recognize that I've offended you and now I would like to move forward. Everybody's not going to take your apology and your accountability as acceptable. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you stop with them. It doesn't mean you don't be vulnerable for yourself and for your organization because of one person. Because if she would have stopped at that one person, then in the future, she would have caused more angst and more frustration for herself. And so that would have stopped her from being who she truly is to her core. And so as she continued to navigate, what I poured into her was you did the right thing, but you can't force everybody to receive and be okay with you doing the right thing. And that's okay too. They have to navigate it for themselves and eventually they will come out or not. And if, if not, then accept it and but still navigate that you did the right thing. So as her leader, I supported her, right? I gave her encouragement. I reminded her that vulnerability is okay. That still speaking up and holding yourself accountable is the right thing to do, regardless of if somebody else appreciates it or not. 
It's not about what's being done in the limelight. A lot of times it's what's been done in the dark, right? Behind the scenes. So no, you didn't get a big accolade or a big announcement, but you did the right thing because this is who we are as a culture. Now, would that person be able to take that away from her? Absolutely not. They can't say that she didn't hold herself accountable because that's what we do as a culture. Whether they agree or not, she still did the right thing. And that's what the culture does. It course corrects itself. It yeah. course corrects itself. We yeah. try to like go around with signs and vision <laughs> boards and guides and guiding principles. Those are great to have. But until you embed it in how you live and how you interact in your environment, it doesn't mean anything. If right. you don't have it embedded in your performance management, if you don't have it embedded in your, your connection time, your one-on-one, it doesn't, it won't do anything. But when it course correct itself, that person can never take that away from her. They can never say that the culture wasn't, um, uh, she didn't en enable or she didn't embody an example to the culture because she did. Yeah. So good. I love this so much, which I think goes back to, you know, how, first of all, are you making it safe for people to lead up to you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if you are like, show me how you're doing that first and foremost, what does that look like? And I think it goes back to, you know, as a company is self-awareness is that part of your value systems because yes. I know that's something that we have put into our values and that's really you know okay do you know your strengths but do you also know your weaknesses and yes. are sharing with your team what those weaknesses are because trust me they know what those weaknesses are and so you yes. might them into the light you know and make sure like you're hiring your weaknesses but also you're also growing them like where you're not yes. just sitting back and saying okay I'm a bad listener um no don't just like own that like become a yes. good listener right become because a good listener. leader you have to be a great listener and so you know I know we're starting to get towards the end of this which makes me so so sad so to be curated <laughs> i think self awareness is key so yes. how do you stay in curated mode of being self-aware yourself as a leader and how do you recommend for leaders to do that in their companies and also in their homes oh goodness oh my goodness <laughs> oh that's a that's a heavy one Tina it well <clears throat> you know one thing that I I will say that I think works and it's an old school what's working what's not working and what can be done better, right? I can remember the days of when I was married and for New Year's, that's something that I would do and I would ask my family. Mm -hmm. And you would be surprised at what you get from your family. So one of the things that I learned is that my kids actually wanted me to cook more. I love so they, they told me what wasn't working was us going out to eat all the time or these little quick dinners, you know, yeah. little microwave things. They're like, uh-uh, you know, we actually like your food, mom. We want you to cook. So I have used that practice when I need to slow down or I just need to level set or even reset. Sometimes we just need to reset. And I will just whiteboard. I have a whiteboard behind me. And I will put what's working, what's not working, and what can be done better. You yeah. can use that for any space of your life, for yeah. work, 
it will cause you to look back. It will cause you to pause and say, oh, well, you know, we have this process. It, re it really is not working for new higher orientation. We actually need to. And the next thing you know, you're thinking about, well, what can it, you know, you're going through that process and actually evaluating something. It doesn't have to be over the top. It's just the simple things and asking that question. Even when I asked my family, when I asked them what, it, what was working and what was it, it was, hey, you're not cooking. It's not working for us. We actually like your food. So I would say apply that. <laughs> we like your cooking, mom. Oh, okay, cool. And you know what, no, Tina? I appreciated that. Because yeah. then what I recognized is that it gave me time to actually sit at the table, break bread with them, have conversations. That happened um, shortly after the divorce. And our relationship and dynamic for that relationship changed ever since. It changed like Kaomi, you know, my daughter, my youngest, she knows to make the table. You know, we all have our assignments. I fix their place. I serve them. And it just changed the dynamic of us as a unit. Just it, me thinking it's just about cooking. It wasn't just about cooking. It wasn't. It was the conversations that was coming from sitting down at the table together. So while they didn't say, mom, we actually want you to sit here and talk. That's what came from it. Well, how was your day? And how was your day? And then in the background, we would have Family Feud on. So sometimes, you know, we would catch Family Feud and we would, you know, start doing a little clapping <laughs> or playing a game. And, you know, that was our thing. And so when you can use some of those work techniques and bring them at home, because let's be clear, it's not about work-life balance anymore. It's work-life integration. We are, that. I'm in a home office right now, right? Yeah. And I get to go downstairs and go get you my kitchen and go get me a refresh my, my tea. It's no longer these separate pods of life. It's all blending in together. How do you integrate them to make them make sense? So when you take that, what's working, what's not, and what can be done better, you can use it in any aspect of your life and relook at things, processes, right? Things that may need to be reevaluated, procedures, yeah. strategy vision, visions, anything. You could take it and, and make it make sense and realign it to get back on track and on board for where you're going. So that's that would be my my two cents. And I do this. And so we also do uh, vision boards. Uh, we do our own as a family. Um, we launch it at the top of the year, but we work on it on New Year's Eve and we have pizza and food and what have you. And I got all the old, I'm old school. So we do magazine cutouts and stuff. And, you know, we do all that. And we're talking and you know, for church, because we t attend the Potter's House um, online. So we have Bishop up online and Potter's House online, but we're cutting it. We're praying and we're laughing and we're putting our vision boards together. But when we're going through that process, one of the things that I have up to this day, what's working, what's not working and what can be done better. And as you're thinking that through and you're thinking wow. through your vision board, you're like, ooh, okay, that, that didn't do good last year. Okay, let me look at this. Wow. You gave that, me this. That's how vision. we do it. Like, how cool would that be to have a board up like that all the time in like the conference room or whatever at work? What's working? What's not working? What could be done better? Where you constantly be looking at that on, instead of just once a year, you know, yeah. which is 
so big because we do the the reinvention meetings every yes. year and we do the annual evaluations and but you just like gave me this vision to do something like that and do it Tina companies I love that because it gives people do it, a Tina. safe space to say hey yes working like the garbage yes. is always dirty like we need to do something like let's come up with a solution <laughs> yes <laughs> and they could either whiteboard it or they could take their little sticky notes and yeah. they write on there and they stick it up Absolutely. There. okay that's not working right yeah. posters just just post it. it up there absolutely and 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 we did that and we created a whole chart at one point um my project management uh, team member she created a whole board and 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 it actually works because you're yeah. thinking through like oh that's just oh I didn't even think about that you yeah. know until you see it and it starts to provoke you thought provoke you to say oh this is let me think of you know and and we look for innovative ideas when really innovation <laughs> It's just, it's just changing, tweaking some things, right? It is. So yeah, it's just small things. So as we start to end this out, first and foremost, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? And what are you working on right now towards that would be a great way for people to want to get a hold of you? <laughs> okay. So the best way to get a hold of me, I would say my email. If you're looking to connect with me from that lens to find out more, um, Nitra E dot consulting services at outlook.com but i'm also on instagram and facebook under nidra e consults or anidra eatman so worst case scenario i still have my book on my website that i'm working on revamping so i'm looking at doing that that's iamanidra.com which my information is there but i'm so thankful for just having the opportunity to talk to you about this thing called curate because baby she is taking a whole life and i'm excited about it i i don't fully um, know where God is taking me with it and I don't need to know later I know right now I'm in a posture and position to do what he's calling me to do with it in this moment and I'm excited so so good what would be a last piece of advice that is on your heart right now to tell our audience you know how to be curated what what advice would you give that you haven't said oh that I haven't already said oh goodness um, you know what? Let's talk about healthy boundaries when Ooh. you're going through curation, yes. right? Yeah. I think we forget that as you are curating, um, as you are rediscovering yourself, as you are processing, as you are um, cutting off or, you know, changing the access to you, um, figuring out your why, you have to create some healthy boundaries, some some relationships are no longer going to serve you purpose. Some places are no longer going to um, give you what you thought or what you used to need. And you have to be understanding to that. There are times when you're going to have to come off of social media to really create some non-influence because social media has a way of influencing us, um, not necessarily always in the negative um, or positive, but sometimes it can influence and not even recognize that it's influencing you to a certain way or to do certain things. So creating healthy boundaries is another curation, right? You have to understand that during this change and curation as you're posturing, those healthy boundaries are going to be key and they're going to be challenging. 
Healthy boundaries are challenging. They sure are. Yeah, it takes you out of your comfort zone, especially if you're a people pleaser and, you know, even a servant leader, right? Because you want to serve people and minister to people. And, and so what, um, what final message do you want to give our be amazing, be curated audience today? You know what? I always say live on purpose and live with intentionality. We have to live on purpose and live with intentionality. As as you are walking this thing called life, be intentional with it. Um, sometimes the picture doesn't need to be taken from a physical standpoint. Keep it in your head as you're traveling. You know, we always want to take out our phone and let me capture the moment, capture the moment mentally. Um, some things don't need to be spoken. Sometimes we just need to be quiet and, 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 and let it rest. And so I would just say live, live with intentionality, live on purpose. And um, that's whatever God is calling you to do. Do not be afraid to do it and walk in it. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Like, don't be afraid to partner up with other people and ask for help. You know, remove that spirit of, I got this. I could do it on my own. You may, but I promise you, it may be better and healthier if you do it with somebody else in partnership. That's what I would say. Perfectly said, girl. I that's I've been given that advice for a long time. I got three words for you. Ask period, for period, help period. That's it. <laughs> I love it. Period. <laughs> period. Yes. Drop don't drop the mic, as T D Jakes would say. Right? That's right. That's and right. You girl, don't drop your mic. You're amazing. Thank I'm so you. glad I had you on today. I appreciate Vicky Harris for introducing us as well. Yes. So, Thank you, Dr. Vicky. Yes. I love yes. her to pieces. Shout she out to that. her. I love Absolutely. you, Nidra. And we'll talk I love you too. Okay. Right, Sounds good. Care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You too. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.